Thanks for tuning in. You are now listening to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Ken Cairns, a weekly sports card podcast with lessons he's learned in the hobby and life lessons he's learned along the way. So sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded is the cards. You are now on with Ken. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with me, your host, Ken. I'm a retired teacher bringing you lessons each week I've learned in the hobby. You can find me on Instagram at sportscard underscore lessons and on YouTube on the Sports Card Lessons YouTube channel. Please like, subscribe, and definitely leave some feedback. Welcome, everyone. How is everyone doing? I'm super excited today for today's episode. Today's guest has been creating content in the hobby for the last five years. He hosts Sports Card Nation, Hobby Quick Hits, and Hobby Hotline. Please welcome John Newman. John, how you doing? Good. Thanks, Ken. Man, that, that's a, a great introduction. I don't know if I can live up to it, but uh, we'll give it our best, uh, best shot. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so let's just start out, man. How, lo- how long have you been in the hobby? When did you jump in? How long you been doing it? Oh, it's crazy. I'm going to, uh, I, I, I am old, but I'm going to make myself feel older. Uh, I'll give you the, the cliff notes and spare everyone the, you know, the long, good diatribe. Started with my first pack, seven years old, 1979, Topps Baseball. Um, had some Star Wars cards before that, just kind of given to me and, and playing with them. But Really, when I dove in, was uh, you know seven years old, nineteen seventy nine. Definitely was hooked. Uh, going to a card store almost every day. The owner of that card store said, "John, you're here so much. Uh, I'm gonna put you to work." Uh, so I worked in the card store for a couple years. Uh, worked the show circuit uh, with that gentleman, and then you know a lot of my friends were like, "John, you should uh, you should do your own shows. You got like the best cards out of all of us." and I sort of hemmed in hard, but eventually kind of caved to, to peer pressure. Got my tax number at 15 years old. Did my first show in 87. Opened my first store back in 1992 at age 20. Uh, did that for six years. Uh, and then, trans, you know, online and, and the internet became a thing. And uh, kind of transitioned to the online uh, sort of thing. And then, like you said, uh you know, five years ago, kind of uh, uh, definitely a different landscape than than what we both know now when it comes to content creation and podcasting and, and YouTube. You know, when I started, and I always, I say this, I'm very honest. When I started the podcast, like you said, five years ago, Sports Card Nation, you know, there was only three or four shows, you know, that were doing like consistent content. So the the competition pool was was wide open. I, I, I really always say it. I'm, I'm very genuine and honest. I got in when I started doing the show, I, I, I got in at the perfect time, sort of built the following. Um, and because there was, you know, there wasn't a lot of shows, right? So you kind of get in on the ground level sort of, of a budding thing. And, um, you know, here we are five years later, um and uh it's 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 crazy now you know and uh but it's it's also fun and and great to see uh everyone uh you know 
sharing their stories, right? You know, the tagline of, of Sports Card Nation is the, the hobby is the people, right? Where the common thread is the cards, right? But it's the stories of how we acquire that cards and the, the fraternity and the friendships we make uh, along the way and in the process. And um, uh, so, you know, that's the, <laughs> believe it or not, that was the Cliff Notes version uh, of it. But so, uh, no, I have to say as a computer guy, I have to imagine five years ago, and and we know the way the the computer industry is always changing, especially, you know, with hardware and software. I have to imagine when you started five years ago, that software you were using had to been like prehistoric compared to what what we use today. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll give it. So when I first started Sports Card Nation, it is now a, a, a interview every week on on Friday. But when I first started it, it didn't start out. Uh, as such. And so it was just me. And I mean, I didn't even, you know, I didn't even have like a, a, a good mic. It was me talking into my, my phone and recording it a very archaic, right. Compared yeah. to what we know uh, now. Right. And uh, talking into my phone. And even when I started doing interviews, my first interview was episode four, but I really didn't start doing them every week until like the 20 episode 20 and 30. And those interviews, and, and you can tell if anyone goes back, and they, they were done literally. Uh, I had a, a mic, but, uh, you know, I, I wasn't using StreamYard. So I literally, it was, I would put the, the my cell phone on, like, speaker and put it underneath the microphone. I had, like, a, a Yeti, I believe, at the time, uh, and and recorded that way. And even editing, I didn't I didn't have a, a an editor. So... You know, if someone coughed or sneezed or we lost connection, <laughs> that stayed in, yeah. you know, that stayed in the, the podcast. <laughs> um, obviously, now we have, you know, I use Audacity. I, I have a sure mic. And sometimes they're are, are way different. And I always joke, Ken, that, you know, I I'm, I'm I love everyone that <laughs> listens to the show, but I'm always fearful, like, if someone starts with episode one, like I, cr like I cringe listening to them knowing where the show is now like my god you know yeah, yeah. and i just hope i hope if someone does start with one i hope they they don't just kind of bail too early and see where we've come if 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 truthfully if if it wasn't a part of the archive i'd probably delete some of those early ones so no one no yeah. one can hear no, it. I know. I, some, somebody recently pointed out my very first episode so i did i did a podcast for the very first podcast i did was with my nephew and it only was like seven or eight episodes and um on the bottom for my name i didn't even have ken at sports card lessons it said big ken so somebody somebody had pointed out one day and messaged me and like what is Big Ken? Like they went back to episode one and I was like, what is that? And I went back and looked, I was like, oh my, I didn't even know I did this. Right. So yeah, <laughs> I, I know how you feel about with the, the early episodes. Yeah. yeah. Well, we learn, right. We're learning every day. So yeah. 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 So what was the goal? I mean, when you said to yourself, and I know you said, you know, you started at the beginning, but you know, there, there, was there a blueprint that you were following? Was somebody else doing this? Was this your idea saying, I think this is important. I should do this. I mean, what, what was the inspiration or the goal when you decided to start Sports Card Nation? Yeah, for me, that's, that's an easy one. Um, Eric Norton from, from Beckett uh, Media had a, uh, had a show. He's actually relaunched it called uh, the Fat Packs Podcast. Love the show. 
Uh, at the time when I was listening to the show, I didn't know Eric the way, obviously, I you know, years later here I do now. And so I'm, I'm in Syracuse, but originally from New York City. So we'd go to New York City and visit family uh, a couple times each year. And I had my, my son at the time who was younger, uh, you know, would make the trip a lot of times with me. We'd go to a Mets game. And we'd, li- we'd literally binge uh, listen to uh, Fat Packs. And my son, who knows my hobby history, is like, you know, Dad, you know as much as, as Eric and, and kid. What you ever thought about doing a podcast like him? And I, you know, my response is listen, Eric's great. We don't, I'm not going to be able to do it better. Why, you know, why even try? He's, he's, he's got it. He's doing a great job. We enjoy listening to him. And my son said, well, your stories would be different than his. You've, you know, lived a different sort of hobby life. And when he said that, I thought about it. But I still, I said, ah, you know, you procrastinate, like, I don't know, you know. And I had another buddy who worked for ESPN, uh, was down in Orlando doing ESPN radio, uh, was his dream job, loved it. And all of a sudden, I'll give you the, you know, the shorter end of the story. ESPN start telling him, this is your opinion. This is what you, you, you know, the stance you want to take. And he's like, I don't feel that way. And so his dream job became, sort of a nightmare because he was sort of playing an actor on the mic. And he, he, you know, he told me like, you know, I went from driving into work, loving my job, didn't even look at it as work to now it's making me ill, almost ill. And though he wound up uh, leaving, came back to Syracuse and started his own broadcasting company and built a studio in his basement and did a everyday sports show, not a hobby show you know, talking about sports and um, he knew he was in the cards a little bit, Ken, and he knew I was, you know, big time in the cards. And he's like, I had Fridays off from my job at the time. And he goes, Hey, it was supposed to be a one show deal. Like, can you come on Friday, bring some cards? And and it was, you know, it was audio and video. Uh, And uh, he's like, bring like eight cards that are relevant to what's going on in sports now, guys that are doing well. And we'll, we'll kind of make that connection. And so we did the episode. It was supposed to be like a one-shot deal. And it went great. We got a lot of feedback, a lot of call-ins. And later that afternoon, he called me. And he goes, you have every Friday off? I'm like, (laughs) I do. I I said, I do, Dan. His name's Dan. I said, I do, Dan. But my schedule could change at any time. He goes, would you be willing to do that every Friday and make this like a regular segment? I said, I will, you know, long as my schedule doesn't change or I don't have like an appointment, I can't get out of that sort of thing. And so I we did that for 25 weeks, 25 Fridays. And then sure enough, uh, my job called me and said, hey, you don't have to work all day Friday, but we definitely need you here, you know, four hours in the morning. And um, so uh, I, you know, let Dan know. I said, listen. I have to work. If I don't know if you can schedule it in the afternoon, but other than that, I, I can't make at the time we've been doing it. And he goes, nah, I can't change my schedule. That stinks. And then my son, believe it or not, my son Jordan actually uh, filled in for me for about 10 episodes. And he's more of a sports kid, but he does know the cards enough. And they did. They, he continued that segment for about 10 more weeks. And then he, he started his college uh uh, career and uh, so that was the end of that. And what that show did for me, uh, Ken, was kind of prove that 
I can do audio and vid, uh, video. Like I wasn't, you know, you always, you always a little self doubt, right? Until you actually do it. And it was yep. doing that the 20, 25 weeks or whatever it was. And then when I wasn't doing it, I kind of missed it. I'm like, man, that was fun. And that's when, you know, remembering the conversation in the car with my son, Jordan, like you should do a pack. That's when kind of sports car nation uh, was born. And uh, five years ago. Wow. And you said you were just by yourself, right? To start. Yeah, by myself. And when I started and I, it was just, it was just audio, right? I, I always joke, like uh, I have a face for, for radio. So the less you see <laughs> of this, better off we all are right so yeah i started out really just on the audio side of the house and then as youtube got big everyone's like you know put the put the you know put the episode or the interviews on youtube i'm not known for my youtube channel i'm, I'm actually trying to grow it a little bit more i'm spending a little more time with it but i'm more we're, we're more known for you know the podcast the audio uh, downloads and that sort of thing but you know more more or less from people saying hey we'd love to see you know there are you know this as well as i i do there are people that just consume like the video versions of what yeah. we do yeah. uh and then other people and then the there's other, other people who just listen yeah. in the car yeah so the yeah. please kind I, of both sides of the aisle that's that's where the yeah. video uh came in later on yeah yeah um so with with the content that you were putting out, so I know myself when I I talked about having that little podcast with my nephew for a few episodes, and we talked back and forth, and that was great. And then I decided I was going to do the podcast, and then I had to, and I started out, and those early episodes went from like forty five minutes, forty five minutes to an hour, and that's when I discovered like I could literally talk that long about different things, you know, without you know, stopping or because, you know, with the software we have, you can't pause and come back to it. It's a, it's a one shot thing. So when you started out and you started doing the content, I heard you just say after about my fourth or fifth episode, I started doing having guests on. So, so was it having guests on because you realized it's a lot to sit here and talk or did you feel like that was better content than what you were talking I about? I think both, Ken. I think yeah. both, right? I mean, listen, I've been in the hobby a long time, so I'm not short of stories or scenarios or things that happen to me. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, I think people like, you know, and if you hear my interviews, then I, I don't even like call them interviews. I, I look at them as more conversations. Interviews are sort of formal, right? Like yeah. James Lipton, you know, inside the actor's studio. So tell me, you know, I don't, that's not my style. It's much like what you do is very, you know, we're just two two guys talking yeah. about our experiences. Yeah. Um, and it's the biggest compliment I get from people uh, with feedback is I feel like I'm at a bar countertop and eavesdropping in on, on two people talking about the hobby we all love. And so that was my sort of my style, if you will. I'm not, you know, I, I joke, I'm, I'm not classically trained. Um, mm -hmm. It's just, hey, I just talk to the person like I would be wanted want me to be talked to. And, um, you know, I even, even from guests that I've had, they're like, man, you know, I've done a lot of pods, but I love your style and the way you, you know, I, even when I don't write a lot of questions down, I'll write like three or four down, Ken. And the questions I usually will come from the answers that the guests, uh, the guests will have. And yeah. so, 
you know, you're going to be on Sports Card Nation here uh, in, a, in a few weeks. And uh, I'll have three or four questions written down, and the rest are going to come from the con- – and I think I think the guest uh, appreciates that most of the time. And I, I know the feedback I get from listeners is I, I love that that style of conversation rather than where they feel like you're reading off of – a script and I, you have listen. I'm 50 years old, I have to write something down, or I, I will leave something out or forget it. But this, you know, bullet points, but then a lot of the other stuff is going to come from the conversation, yeah. Uh, and I, and I do the same thing too. And it's funny yeah. when I have people on the interview, they'll say, Okay, you're going to send me a list of questions. And I said, well, yeah. not really. I, I mean, I, I think it's easier if we have, like we did, yeah. we get on, we have a 20-minute, half-an-hour conversation, and we get comfortable talking, and then we just hit the record button, right? And then start talking about it. So I have I things love, that in yeah, the hobby, I like it. I have questions, like, you know, when I'm when I'm consuming content and I'm driving down, you know, I'm in the car driving down the road and I'm listening, like I what I would ask this person. Right. Yep. Because that's what I would want to know. So when I'm sitting on this end now with the mic and, I, and I'm in this seat, those are the same questions. Like if if I was listening to this, what would I ask you? Like from what you just said, what would my next question be? And I yep. think people people like that. Nobody, nobody wants to hear the, the scripted version of anything. Yeah. yeah. And again, you know, you listen to a show. Right. And the guest is talking about something very interesting. You're kind of enthralled. And then the host will ask the question that like goes off in a completely different tangent and it was to me it was like an opportunity like to extend that yep. in, you know and again to each their own i'm not saying you know one style is better just i think like you said it works kind of for us what the way we do it but yep. again you know that's why different shows do do just as well right because some people maybe yeah. are fond of that nothing wrong yep. with that it's just i just uh, i appreciate more of the conversational side than mm-hmm. the interview side uh, uh, of the thing. And and the other reason I've really brought on guests is just, it's more interesting, right? Now you've got two perspectives uh, instead of one. And, yep. um, you know, I just think, uh, I think it brings, it brings a little bit more, uh, you know, to it. Hmm. So I know you're a dealer and you set up at shows. Um, I feel like I've been to all the shows in this area uh, and we've never met. This is our first, first time meeting. So, a uh, couple questions. What's in your case? What do you sell at shows and where do you set up? So I, I, you do more shows. I, and listening to your, you're doing a lot more shows than I am at this point. So we have uh, what's called the Syracuse fairground shows here on Syracuse. And they're held up as the name implies at the New York state fairgrounds. It's where the New York state fair is held every year in the summer. So it's a big, it's a big building. Uh, there's about six shows a year there, um, six to eight, depending on the schedule, um, 110 uh, tables for the most part. And then there's what's called the mega show. That's in December, early December, 250 tables. So I do all those. Now, the younger version of me, uh, when I kind of got out of my store and st- you know was still selling, I, I would travel for shows. I'd go to Massachusetts. I, I, I've been to Connecticut. Uh, a couple of times, Pennsylvania, even, even as far as, as Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now in, in my age and, and doing the contact, uh, I just can't, I can't do it. Uh, I'd love to, uh, but uh, you know, it just, um, uh, I, I can't do it. So I, I really, I might every once in a while branch out, maybe do an Albany show, Rochester. Um, but 
most part now I'm, um, you know, those six to eight Syracuse shows and I've done them so long. People know me. So it's kind of my, I call it my home show. Yeah. Uh, but if I'm being honest, it's really my, my only shows that I do now. So <laughs> how, uh, and what's how in my case is, is I'm a vintage guy. And so I, my PC is, is vintage, uh, hall of fame graded rookies. So unless I have a, a duplicate, you probably won't see that. But I do. I have a, a balance of, of vintage and modern cards uh, in the case. I try to, uh, uh, you know, accommodate uh, all levels. I'm a. I try to encompass all the hobbies. If you're one, you know, I have a bargain box there with with quarter cards, the two two dollar cards, five dollar cards. Obviously, as you know, you get into the cases and cards can be. Uh, up to four or five figures. I don't have a ton, uh, I, you know, of that, but uh, it's in there. Uh, but you know, my my bread and butter, where I real is that twenty to fifty dollar uh, card range. That seems to be uh, my wheelhouse for for shows. And uh, you know, I it's nice to sell a four figure card, right? But I I always say it's harder. It's harder yeah. to sell. Uh, because your audience is more limited. Now I've I've done it. I don't want to you know sit here like I haven't done it. But it's the old saying, right? The old adage, Ken, right? I'd rather make 10 $100 sales than, than $1,000 sale because that, you know, you made 10 people happy, hopefully, and then they come back the next show. So yep. my wheelhouse is that $20 to $50 range. I do have expensive cards. Uh, they will sell uh, from time to time. But, um, you know, uh, I, I, try to, I try to have something for, for everyone between – wax singles and and all different price levels I, I want i don't want someone to come up to my table and say oh man uh, this is all out of my league and at the same time the other side of that coin right i don't want to say have someone say oh man they're all like ten dollars or under so i try to find that 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 balance I know when I when I started setting up, I I had the same thought pattern. I'm going to go from dollar cards to you know as high value cards as I could have, and and I felt like the work that you have to put in to prepare for a show, it with doing it with that thought yeah. pattern, and especially if you're going to put wax on your table and everything else, it's a lot of work. There's a lot of yeah. a lot of preparation that has to go into preparing for the show. Uh, and when I started doing that, especially, and I was doing two shows a month, right. And, and it was like a whole week of preparation because you had to go through and check all the prices on all the cards. Now, if I was only setting up six times a year or something like that, I would say that would yeah. work perfectly. But for the amount of times that I'm setting up, yeah. um, I praise my dollar boxes. Cause I always say they pay for the day, they pay for the table, yeah. they pay yeah. for lunch, they pay for the gas, they pay for all that. Yeah. But, but. You know, if 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 I want to add to my PC or you know I want to move up, I got yep. I have to sell you know something out of the case. Yeah, yeah. The other thing here's the crazy thing. I, but the degree of difficulty for me, I ramped it up a little bit. All my inventory is in alphabetical order. <laughs> um, so like my graded cards are from A to Z. My regular like non graded stuff is from A to Z, and those it. it you know, my son used to help me more, Ken, uh, like, pack, you know, pack up at the end of the day, he'd come and he stopped coming. It's a true story. He stopped coming because it takes me, um, you know, I'm so methodical about 
all right, give me all the A, you know, Acuna, give me, you know, Aaron and put, he's like, just throw them in the box. Let's get out of here, dad. You know? And so he, now what he'll do is he'll wait for me to come home and then I'll just, I'll hand him the stuff up and he'll bring it in the house. But he hates, he he hates helping me pack up because we can't just throw it in the box. I have to pack it up. Uh, and I, and I did that about, Four years ago, I put all my inventory in like alphabetical order, mm-hmm. and it took me about three weeks. And when I say weeks, it took me like three weekends. And when I say weekend, like eight to ten hours each Saturday and Sunday, it took me like three whole weekends to, to get it like that. Once I got it like that, it's not as difficult as I, I made it out to be because anytime you acquire something new, you just have to put it sort of where where it falls in. And then I have what's called player boxes. So I have player boxes. They're in alphabetical order with, with tags and all the cards of, you know, George Brett will be after George Brett's name tag. And that's an alphabetical order. So if I acquire stuff, it's easier once you, once you do it. And I remember getting about halfway through that process, Ken, and, and saying, you know, a little voice in your head, like, what did I get myself into here? I really, but it was like the point of no return, right? I, I'm halfway done, you know. I'm, I'm, I was at like L or M. I'm like, I can't stop now, and so I just plugged yeah. through it. But uh, once I did it, it's it's a lot easier now, and, and, and it's and, a lot easier to find something, right? I make a sale, not at the show, right? Online, eBay, another platform where yeah. the cards here. I can boom find it. I got a Rolo printer. I'm all about like time saving i want to save as much time as i can so and god forbid one of those boxes falls over on the floor right (laughs) (laughs) you see that it probably takes me i saw it when it happens i'm gonna i'm gonna (laughs) message you and say thanks thanks ken it's all your fault i've had a couple no truth truth be told i've had a couple of close calls with like the player boxes because they're they're open because the tags are out and i always put them when i'm loading the car up I always put them on top so they're locked in. But I remember I hit a bump, uh, a bump once, and it kind of slid sideways. It didn't tip, but man, it was it was close. That yeah. would have that would have stunk for sure. Yeah, I had I had one experience in New York City. Uh, I was uh, I went down there, did a did a show with uh, Rob, sports card therapist, and we were we had a. Yep. We had to park in the parking garage. So I, I, I said, I'm going to leave you the car. I'm going to go get the car and I'll pull it up. And I got about 10 feet away from him and I heard, oh, no. And I turned around and there was just cards all over the And it was raining, just cards laying oh, all geez. over the ground. And, of course, it was a five-row box, you know, of just singles yeah. that hit the ground. And, you know, we're out there and I'm out there in the middle of the pouring rain. I'm picking it up. And I'm like, yeah. this is really not going that fast. And I look up and there's Rob with his camera taking pictures of (laughs) (laughs) but before i had all the cards picked up it was already posted online you know yeah it's a kodak it was a kodak moment yeah yeah uh (laughs) so look i know i know you're a jackie robinson guy and and this past summer you recently acquired what i imagine is 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 your grail card um it is yep the uh the Go ahead. Yeah, and and listen, I'm you know one thing I I I know I told you before we even started recording. I appreciate you because you you'll talk about mistakes you've made and uh, along with the 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 wins, right? The wins and the losses. I do the same. And the, the Jackie Robinson forty eight leaf is one of my mistakes for for many years, right? It was 
I've had two, three, probably four opportunities to buy it years ago when it was a lot cheaper uh, at the time than we know it uh, today. And I always, I'd like, ah, I'll, you know, I had the Bowman. So, you know, I was like, I'll get it. I'll get it next month or I'll get it next time. And so I kind of kept kicking that can down the road. And I did that two, three times. And and then that crescendo hit. And I'm like, man, this is, can I, I love a do a mulligan, right? Can we, can we go into DeLorean, you know, me and Dr. Emmett Brown and, and go back and into those days. But, you know, obviously life doesn't, work like that. So last year, 2022, I said, man, you know, it's not going to really get cheaper. Now we've seen kind of prices settle down now, but at the time I'm like, it's it's not going to get cheaper. Like you're either going to get it or you're not going to get it. And uh, I had just come off like two or three uh, like shows in consecutive months, like really, really good sales uh, shows, really good. And I'm like, you have no excuses, John, you know, and, you know, it's funny when you buy, I don't know how you feel when you, you know, you buy an expensive uh, card, right? You're always like, when you buy a card to like put in your showcases and resell or, or collection or, or, you know, it's easier to do that because you know, like, Hey, I'm going to lay out the money today. And eventually if I, if I buy it right, I'm it's going to come back and, and I'm going to make some in addition to that. When you buy a card for your PC, no matter what it costs, right? It's 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 a one way you're checking in, but you're not going to check it's not checking that out. card yeah. out, right? You know, yeah. like I do, I would when I would buy this, I wasn't going to ever resell it. Like this, mm. this was going to be a purchase, and you keep it. My son will get it most likely, that sort of thing, and so it makes the purchase sort of difficult, but. Again, I had those couple that run a two or three shows, really sort of uh, really good sales. And I'm like, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it now is your time or or just like close that book. And mm -hmm. so I really start, you know, looking at auctions and and uh, trying to get it and uh, would you know a lot of times lose in that extended bidding, um, lose you know get sniped at the last minute. And I had you know on eBay. I had it in my save like alerts. Anytime a new one went on the uh, the you know the, the site, it would it would flag me and let me know. And that's that's exactly what happened. And it's 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 right here. It's a it's a one and a half, uh, Ken. And I know you're on YouTube, so I'll show it. it might be oh yeah. There. Here, pull it uh, back just a little. It says that yeah, it's FGC uh, one point five. One and a half. Yeah. And this is very clean card. It's not creased. It's got rounded corners. It's yep. got not a crease, but a little scratch uh, right mm -hmm. there. But if you see this in person, anyone I've shown this to in person is like, I would resubmit that, John. That's yep. that's even better. And so when I saw it, when I saw it, you know, when it popped up and the, the, the person had it for a buy it now and make an offer. And so I'm like, all right. I'm going to make an offer. Worst thing they can do is say no, decline it, as you know, or come back with a with a counter offer. So I made an offer. Uh, they came back with a counter offer. It was closer to where I wanted to be. And then I made a, a second uh, counter offer. And uh, I could tell the person was literally, whether it was on their phone or their computer, right there. Because all these offers, you know, a lot of times you have to wait a couple <laughs> yeah. hours or these were like instantaneous. It almost yeah. was like a, 
uh, text chat. And so I would I made that second counter offer, and literally a minute later, like in my notifications on my on my front screen, it said, uh, uh, con- "You know, congrats, please pay now." Yeah, and, like, yeah. and that smoke. feeling, that moment yeah. right there, right, your whole yeah. body, right. <laughs> yeah, it's true. there is a feeling. It's an adrenaline rush. Anyone that <laughs> says it's not, they, that they either never done it or they're lying, right? Yeah. And what? And then at first, you know, because you know, when you see those notifications, it doesn't show everything. And I'm like, I'm hoping it's not something else. Like, but I knew because of the time, how quick. And then I obviously opened it up and uh, uh, made the purchase. And then you're nervous, right? Like, uh, it's got to go through the eBay at the, you know, the certification. It actually went through that very quick, took a week. Um, and then, you you know, you always worry about uh, shipping it. And the funny thing is the, the card that I bought was in the old SGC label, the old Green Line label, if you're, yep. you know, familiar with that. Yep. SGC is one of the sponsors of Sports Carnation. And so I posted a picture of it even before I got it. Like, I purchased my Grail. And, you know, SGC, they know, they're like, you got to get that in a new tux. I'm like. All right, I'm you know, they're like, let us know when you get it, we'll we'll figure it all out. And they were great, they were great. So then, so now I had two worries, right? I had to worry till it got to me, and then I had the second three worries in a sense. I had to send it to Boca Raton to get reholdered, and then I had to get it back, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're you become a nervous uh Nelly, but uh, you know, it, it all's well that it ends well, and mm-hmm. and uh, I have it, and um. You know, it's 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 nice. I, I waited too long. Truth be yeah. told, uh, but could you, know, you imagine for what you... this cost? For what this cost, Ken? I could have had those three that I I punted on. And, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. But but you grew up in Brooklyn, right? So correct. Yep. Brooklyn. So could you imagine growing up that you know that card, his card, would be a grail to so many people? You know, I know you probably thought yourself, but. Um, no, nobody could have ever known where, you know, how, where that card was going to go. No, and I always, you know, even the times when I, I, I said, like, I, I just said, ah, I'm going to pass right now. I'll get it. You know, I'll, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I'll get it another month, another day, another year. Right. You don't realize like times change. The hobby's changing just because it's one price today doesn't yeah. mean it's going to be as we all know. Right. And so it's one of those in hindsight. Uh, not one of my finest movements as a collector slash dealer. Um, but, uh, you know, that's when I decided I better, you know, plus I'm getting older. If I'm going to get it right, I want to have more time with it and enjoy it. I don't want to get it, you know, if I even make 65, buy it when I'm 65 and have it for five years. You know, I'd rather buy it now and, you know, and enjoy it for a longer period. Yeah, of time, yeah. right? We forget about that too sometimes. Yeah, yeah. The longer we own it, the more we get to enjoy it. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right. So, talk to me a little bit um, about the difference between your shows. I know you have Sports Card Nation, you have Hobby Quick Hits. Um, yeah. Talk to me about the difference of those two, and and um, yeah, just. Yeah, so Sports Card Nation, like we, you know, started five years ago. Initially, was not an interview show. Wound up morphing into a weekly, every Friday uh, interview show, and um, you know, built up quite a following. And I get you know feedback. Love the show, John. Love your guests, but some of the people remembered like Sports Card Nation in its 
earliest incarnations where it was just me. Have you ever considered doing a show where you just pick a topic and give your opinion like you used to do? We sort of missed that. And I got a couple of those, Ken, and I'm like, ah, just a couple, you know, I appreciate them, but just a couple of the original folks missing that. And then that, that started, I started to get more of that. And the other thing is when you do an interview show, right, those tend to be, you know, an hour, if not, or, or longer. And I was, I had some episodes that were eclipsing two hours and that's, that's long. That's long. in the even, even for those days, that's a, a long episode. And, yeah. um, you know, so people were like, Hey, we, we miss kind of the, like your show's great now, but we really kind of missed what it, it started out with. And I started to, at first I just kind of resisted and I said, all right, it's a couple people. I get it. But then I started getting more of that from, People I didn't really know or have weren't getting always feedback. And that's where Hobby Quick Hits kind of got born. Um, and I wanted to do what happened. I wanted to make it a shorter show, hence Quick Hits, right? I didn't want it. You know, it's, it's just me. It's not a guest. It's going to be me uh, tackling a topic, giving my two cents on it and kind of like a fire, right? You get in, get out, say good night. Thanks, everybody. And that's really uh, what it was. And then the format changed a little bit between the two. And I've moved segments uh, between the shows. And, you know, my goal with content, uh, and I don't I don't always hit it, but I want to keep, even Sports Card Nation, I try to keep around an hour or less. And Hobby Quick, it averages about 20, 30 minutes. And I do a pretty good job on, on both sides. Every once in a while, you know, we'll have a longer one. Uh, I don't short change guess in other words yeah uh you know i don't okay that's all the time if we're in the we're talking about something interesting <laughs> but uh you know i tried it just a gut where we're at time wise and uh, i've done a better job and both shows usually are under an hour now hobby quick it's almost always under an hour easily usually 20 yeah. 30 minutes and even sports card nation i got down uh to hour hour and 10 minutes and i mm -hmm. think uh, you know, I've looked at like the demographics report since we've done that. It's 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 been even better. Like so, I think sometimes you know, I think most people I, I, they did a, a study. I, I posted something a couple weeks back that podcast. They did a survey of podcast listeners, and and most people said that like they like a show that's an hour or less. I mean, that's just yep. You know, I've yep. listened. I like shows that could be more, but. Uh, that's the general consensus, the majority. And so that's, I, and I was doing, I, I tried to do that even before I kind of saw that, that survey or that, that report. But, um, you know, a lot of, as you, as you know, a lot of content is, is, is consumed on commutes to work or, or at the gym. And generally, you yep. know, those are between 30 and 60 minutes. And so yep. that's sort of that you know, target point. If, that, if you want. That, that's really that, how, why hobby quick hits uh, was born. It was, it was kind of, uh, I don't, I, I almost say demanded, right. The, the listeners say, Hey, do a show again with just you. Like we love guests, but we also just want to hear your opinion sometimes too. And that's, it sort of was born just by demand. And uh, uh, you know, and at first the one mistake I made, Ken, when I launched hobby quick hits at first, I'm like, I'm going to launch it on its own platform and as a, like a completely different show. And it did okay, but nowhere near like sports carnation. 
And then I did like 40 episodes like that. And, you know, the, the light bulb finally went on above my head. Like, why am I like launching it as like a complete look? Just put it on, just put it on a different day on the same platform. So you, the people who are already following it and the same people who demanded the, sh they want to see a show. Yeah, like now that, you're giving it. They don't have to look in two locations. Right. Yeah. I don't know why it was it was dumb on my part not to do that from the jump, um, but uh, you know that's that's we make mistakes and then we then we <laughs> fix them. So I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall when when you sat down and said, "Okay, I have to come up with guests for the next year." You know, <laughs> every a weekly yeah. guest because because I mean, starting five years ago, I mean, I think today because so many people people are making yeah. content like myself it's easier to be able to to find people but i would have to imagine yeah. five years ago it wasn't as easy to find guests to come on i i use the word chase i was chasing people <laughs> like hey man what are you doing like you want to come on the show what's your show right and then when you you start any show right you're not really known you're like who are you you know what do you do what is it what does it entail and and so I went from what I call chasing, like almost begging people to come on. Now it's, I guess it's a good problem to have, Ken. Like you said, now you've, there's more people in the hobby, more people doing content. It's, it's easy. My problem now is you get, you get sort of backlogged two, three months. So when someone wants to come on, I'm like, I'm like booked till March. I'm almost like a doctor, right? You can't get an appointment. And I, I hate that because that's not, my mo i'm you know a, a people person the hobbies the, uh but i just you know and, and i want to keep it to two episodes a week with those two shows i could do yeah. you know but i i think there's sort of an oversaturation point too and i don't you know i try not yeah. to cross that so um i try to do my best you know with, with scheduling and uh most people 99 percent of the people that that come on understand that and are very like understanding of i never you know, I never get yelled at too bad, but uh, uh, it's 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 night and day. You go from like emailing people and and messaging them on social media, and now you know people will will hey, can I come on the show? Right? You go from one element uh, to the other, but you it's, go from it's, chasing. I, to... I like it now because yeah. I, that chase sometimes can get can be a grind too, and and yeah. frustrating at times. And so, if you're asking me the the choice between the the, the two, I, I you know, I, I like where I'm at now yeah, rather than, than, you know, scrambling for somebody. Yeah. Uh, who or what inspires you in the hobby? The hobby itself. You know, I know that might sound like a, a cop-out answer, right? But, I mean, just the, everything in the hobby, right? The great people in it. You know, we hear about a lot about the bad stories, and I talk about them on my content. Uh, just to be informative right well for any for every one of those negative stories right there's 10 great ones of someone you know someone lost their collection in the fire and you know the the hobby rallies and and replaces all that stuff and then some right or somebody's sick and they do a fundraiser kind of with with cards at the the center piece of that and so you know, like Dr. Beckett says, this is the greatest hobby in the world. I'm, I'm going to agree with him. And it's it's the hobby itself, right? It's the great people uh, that are in this hobby. And there's more, there's more great people than not great. And um, uh, that's what inspires me, right? To, to be part of, be a small part of that and contribute 
in some form or fashion in, in my own way. And, um, you know, uh, even with my show, you know, I've had seven, a seven year old kid to a CEO, right. We're all put our pants on one leg at a time. And we're all, you know, the, I always joke, right. There's no pension plan. If you got in the hobby three years ago, or you got in the hobby 40 years ago, like I did, I'm no better than, than, than that person, whether you got in yesterday yeah. or not. Right. We're in this, fraternity together and and i wish more people i think there's there is an element where there's a little bit of get off my lawn from some some people right that hey i was here first you don't know as much as me yada yada that sort of thing and there's labels never been yeah labeled i'm not a labels guy i just listened to your episode talking about you know different descriptions and labels of people and why do we have to like we're just hobbyists right yeah Uh, Yeah. you know like suddenly i get it hey i'm a high-end collector you know i collect vintage right that's describing what you're what you're looking to acquire or or keep right that i get but you know some of the terms that are sort of have a a derogatory term to me anyway like yeah new money or you know or when people you know, I was new in 1979, right? <laughs> we all were new. Yeah. We were all new at, at some point when we first yeah. got into hobby. But the and money I, I'm bringing know, into the love- hobby is always new, right? I'm getting paid this yeah. week, and that's that's I'm putting this money, you know, or whatever I did, yeah, whether if- I made it in the hobby or I made it at work, and I'm spending it on yep. the hobby. So it's yeah, absolutely. And, and if you love the hobby and are passionate about it, like I, I believe yeah. both of us are. We need people in the hobby, right? If we took the stance, oh, we were here first. This is, you know, get off my lawn type guy, right? Yeah. yeah. That's a recipe for disaster um, mm-hmm. because, you know, people are going to leave, uh, less transactions, less business going on. Uh, and I don't even care. Someone will say, John, well, I don't sell my cards. I'm not worried about the transactions going on. Well, you really should be because that's the lifeblood of of the hobby whether you sell or not and there's nothing wrong with not selling right and uh, you know i've I've heard two terms i've heard uh ken i don't know you know purist and true collector i don't even know what that means what's a true collector someone told me once i I think i think when people say i'm a collector it's almost sounds sexy in the hobby right like like it, I don't it's, sell it's just a great where I'm like I'm so much above, but we're all collectors, right? I did just yeah, did an episode on this collector flipper. I yep. mean, if if I it, I I set up at shows, right? So you could call me a, a flipper, but I call myself a dealer, right? Because I have a business yep. plan, right? I need to sell. I mean, it's I'm here. I, you know, I need to pay for my day. That's I another to, term. That's that's a flipper, right? Using a sort of. Yeah. What's wrong? Really? What's wrong with that? Right. That's yeah. being an entrepreneur. Right. People buy houses. Uh, obviously, they're not flipping them the next day. They got to like fix them up and, and yeah. renovate them. Right. But they're they're trying to do that as fast as they can to yeah. get that house on the market and flip it. They make TV shows about it. And millions of people watch them and admire those folks and mm-hmm. as celebrities um, yeah. and and sort of look up to them and admire them. And they're business folks. Right. Yeah. Um, and and. You know, I guess there's certain people that don't like the business aspect of the hobby and that to each their own. But I, I just don't, you know, I don't know what a true collector is because I, I someone said, you're not a true collector, John. And I said, all right. You know, I don't I don't fly. I said, well, why not? Why, why are you saying that? What's the rationale? Well, you sell some of your cards. 
okay, but I also have cards that don't ever go to the show with me. They're, they're in this room and they never leave this room. I'm, I'm collecting those. Well, I feel like, you know, this is the response. I feel like if you sell any of your cards, you're not a true collector. I'm like, is that your rule? Or is that like a, a real rule? Like I said, I'll politely disagree with you. I think if you keep cards, uh, any, and I don't care if you keep one card, you're, you're, you're a collector. And so yeah. I don't know why we have to put these, these tags on, on people. It, I think it's just a bad thing. I, I think it, it rubs people the wrong way. It bothers, you know, it bothered me a little bit being told I'm not a true collector. I didn't, I didn't lose any sleep over it. Right. And then I hear another term I'm starting to hear more of is, is purist. I don't even know what that means. I kind of know the true collector side of the thing, but what's a purist? Like, you know, I think some of the new folks are, are saying like, if you were in the hobby a long time and your resistance to changing along with the hobby, you're kind of like the old man on the porch. I don't know. I've changed. <laughs> I've changed in, in 40 years, how I do things and how I look. How yeah, I, look I, mean, as the hobby so, changes, I don't even know yeah. what that means. Yeah, as the hobby so changes. When I hear yeah. pure, right? yeah, and if you ask somebody like that uses the term, like what's that mean? You'll get this long-winded answer that really doesn't clear up the question, right? It just confuses you, you more. And that's where I go, like to each their own, right? Uh, but, you know, I, I like to welcome everybody rather than, start putting people in boxes and you're this and yeah. you're that you stay you're in this compartment you're in this department like that just that's not very warm that's not very welcoming and regardless if you an old school hobbyist has been in like we need the new people to keep this going forward and again yeah. we're not going to be here forever right we need that next uh next generation passing to the torch yep. we need that next generation to carry it forward and the generation behind them uh, as well without them. Cause if that stops uh, this hobby uh, will stop. It's not going to happen. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm speaking in hypotheticals, but we need, we, we need as uh, all the people we, we can have. And even if you don't sell cards, Ken, um, and you know, that's another thing. I don't know if you've gotten this with doing shows. I think there's a negative connotation with some people who, who do sell, whether it's at a show or online that they're looked at to some, again, I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but to some uh, it's looked at sort of negatively. Like you're, you're only in the hobby for dollar signs. No, I'm, I'm in the hobby. Cause you know, when I started in 1979 as a seven year old kid, I wasn't in the hobby for dollar signs, right? You get older, you amass this massive collection and you realize you can help other people add to their collection and fund your own hobby. As, as you said, right. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, uh, money doesn't grow on trees. So if I can sell something and then put the money back in the hobby and buy mm -hmm. something that I like and someone else gets something they like, it's a win-win. So I don't, I don't get the negative mm -hmm. connotation on selling. And quite frankly, even for hobbyists who don't sell the selling aspect of the hobby is actually important to them. They may not acknowledge that or realize it, but it really is because those, those transactions are the lifeblood of the hobby. Whether it's at a, an LCS or yeah. at a table in a banquet hall, makes no difference. It's, yeah. it's and and that sale, that, that sale you're making could be fulfilling somebody else's dream. 
you know, lifelong yeah. dream of acquiring that particular card. Yeah. So, so it's not, it's not only that you're make just that you're making a sale, but you're helping somebody else, you know, fulfill something that, you know, they wanted that they've looked for in their life to, to put in their collection. Uh, and, and, you know, when I hear that, when I make a sale, when somebody comes and they'll see a card and they'll be like, oh, you know, this has been the card I've been chasing for so long yeah. and we work out a deal and they take it. I feel good about that. I feel good that, yeah, you know, to not, make your show. Yeah. And I'm not even just talking about the financial aspect, just the fact that you, you had that impact on that collector, right? Yeah. They added something uh, that uh, maybe they couldn't find or couldn't find at the price uh, they wanted uh, the pain. You make it happen. Like, I just don't get the, I don't want to say hate, but sort of the, the disdain for, you know, people who sell cards. Like, I, you know, I think it maybe comes from a place of jealousy. I, I Again, again, I hate paint with a broad brush. I think some of that comes from that space, but, you know, uh, it is what it's, it's, it's an important part uh, of the hobby, you know, continuing to go forward, people adding, uh, as you said, uh, cards to their collection and then in turn right you add something that you want to add to your pc it's 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 a it's a it's a circle cycle right and, and yeah. important because uh, that cycle you know that circle gets broken uh the hobby starts to to fail right or, or yeah. not not do as well uh you know yeah. Uh, yeah. you know i never hear the hobby's dead the, the hobby's dead folks you know i always get a chuckle out of that yeah yeah you know? yeah <laughs> So look, so, as we wrap up here, uh, 174 days till national. I'm counting them down. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I, I've heard a lot of times on, on your, uh, uh, you know, a lot of your content, especially going up to last year, you know, everybody counting down the days for national. So I thought I'd be the first yeah. to throw it out there to you. Uh, but uh, you'll be you'll be in Chicago this year for national. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all booked hotel. I'm gonna be. Uh, I do another show now too called Card Matches with my friend Danny Black, and yep. that's alternate. So you know, hobby quick hits will be one Monday, and then the following week card matches, and so we alternate Monday. So Danny Black, we're gonna we're gonna hang out at the national room together. He's gonna be driving from Baltimore. Uh, I'll be flying in uh, from Syracuse to Chicago, and we'll have his uh, car, and uh, we'll, we'll bop around that way, and uh, uh, it's going to be fun, right? And, and, you know, I've heard I, – I refer to the, the National as the Super Bowl of the hobby, right? That's like the Super Bowl weeks coming up here in in, in real time, right, for, yeah. for the NFL, right? Everybody's there, right? Celebrities, uh, people in the NFL, retired people, yeah. anyone that's anybody in, in sports or, or the NFL uh, is there. And, and that's kind of how I look at the national, right? Um, it's that week you circle on your calendar every year. Uh, I've heard it called the, the largest family reunion. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, get a, I get a kick out of, of that yeah. connotation, right? And as much as, again, as much as it is about getting some cards, and that's what I, I go to acquire a couple uh, you know, cards for that Hall of Fame graded PC. It's also, you know, you, you know, it's that week you get to meet everyone uh, every year, whether it's for the first time, in like in our case, uh, or again uh, for a, a multiple time. And uh, is, you can't put a price uh, on on stuff like that. And you know, 
And here's the crazy thing, Ken. For as long as I've been in the hobby, the the first national I went to was uh, what was it, 2018. Uh, okay. And yeah. um, so I was late to the national party, if you will. Yeah. You know, when they, when I was younger and, and doing shows and had the store. And the other thing, in my defense, the national is not the national then is not the event we sort of know it as today. It was more, it was great. I don't want to, but it was sort of just a gigantic show. And I was already sort of doing shows. And so I didn't want to, I couldn't justify the travel cost and the time away from, uh, but now it's an event beside the show. It's, yeah. Yeah. You know, now you got content creation going on. You've mm -hmm. got all these new companies uh, networking. You've got meetups and and it's just so much going on it's something for everyone if you yeah. if you're in the hobby and you go to national and you don't have a good time you did something wrong i don't know what the, it, i'll tell you if happened. you go if you go it's a it's an addiction right you're just like i know I, my first national was last year and i set up at national yeah so i went to the national my first time i, I had a table uh but i also walked it almost every day i walked in and and even before i left i was already thinking about next year like the the, the yeah. what, what, I'll, what i'll do different yeah. and how i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna stay a yep. little longer and i'm gonna do this and that so yeah it's like one of those things once you once you're there once you've done it no matter it doesn't matter what aspect you did it everyone i've talked to is like yeah i i I don't care what happens. I'm going next year. Yeah. It's I, every year I, you know, it's, it's summer school time. I'm a, a TA and I, you know, they asked me to teach summer school and I'm like, I'll be there, but you see these three days right here. <laughs> yeah. I won't. And so yeah. if you can, if you can, I'll be there the four other weeks minus these three days, if that's okay. <laughs> you know, and if they said no, they, they don't. But if they said, John, like if we can't give you those three days off, I'd be like, I'll see you. I'll see you in, in September. September when school starts again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, but they're they're accommodating. That's great. And I, you know, uh, that's a. I've only been in that two years. My previous job, it was it was tough, sort of getting that that time off. But uh, yeah. it's it's a great event, and I, I always tell people. And I remember, you know, in in 2018, I don't. I'm I'm going to ask you a question, even though it's your show, right? You never been right. You're going to your first one, and everyone's telling you, "Oh man, it's like this." You got to do that. They're giving you all this helpful tips and advice, right? Until you, like, you can take all that advice and all, you know, those tips in, and then you get there. Whatever you envisioned in your mind not being there yet, and then you get there, it's be it's even beyond that. Even for it's me, even who was in the hobby a, a, a long time, I thought I, I kind of know what this is going to be like. And then you walk through the doors, and it's, like, even beyond uh, that and 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 even now going, you know, what four times now, um, it's 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 still it's still you're like a kid in a candy store, right? You count, like you said, you count down the days, yeah. and uh, you know, and uh, you look forward to, it and that that's the quickest week, right? It just seems to go by uh, in the blur, and then it ends, and like you said, you you're like three sixty five, three sixty four, three sixty three, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, we we look forward to it. And uh, you know, um, I'm looking forward to to meeting you in person and shaking your hand and uh, and all that good stuff and many others, as you well know. And it's a uh, it's a great time. Yeah, yep, absolutely, John. So look, tell everyone where they can reach out to you, where they can listen, where they can watch. Yeah, I'll make it. I'll make it. Pretty easy. I won't be long-winded. 
if you Google Sports Card Nation, all that stuff that will come up uh, will be all where you can find the shows, social medias. Um, I do another show. I'm part of a, a conglomerate of, of content creators. Uh, it's called Hobby Hotline. We do two shows a week. Uh, that's Tuesdays and Saturday mornings. The Saturday morning show is on Bench Clear Media uh, Network. And on Tuesday night, uh, that's on the Hobby Hotline uh, YouTube channel. And that's got, I think there's 17 or 18 of us. We take turns, so it's not always uh, the same three people. And uh, uh, tackle the, the hobby. It's a call-in show, so anyone can come on the screen and tell us we're wrong or tell us we're right or talk about whatever they want to. And uh, it's real fun to do. And uh, Dr. Beckett is part of that group as well. And and anytime you know that gentleman has uh, forgot more hobby than most of us know. And so to pick his brain and and you know getting to know him over the years now and uh, uh, just been uh, just been a fun time and. Uh, uh, so there's that show too. You can just Google Hobby Hotline. That'll that'll come up as well. So great. All right, John. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been great, and uh, I'm looking forward to coming on your show in a few. Yeah. And uh, yep. definitely looking forward to uh, meeting you uh, if sooner, if not at National this year. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. And and like you said, and I mentioned earlier. Uh, Ken will be uh, coming on here on Sports Car Nation in a, a couple weeks. I look forward to continuing uh, our conversation. Great. Thanks, John. Thank you.